You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We all take driving lessons to learn how yeah. to drive a car. Like, who taught us how to drive a vagina? Like, yeah. no, you know, so true. So nothing, no shame in doing yeah. it. Like, do it preventatively, do it proactively. Yeah. Like, you deserve to have the tools to learn how to do it. You're listening to the Laughing Couple podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. We have a guest today and I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like it's going to be a spicy conversation, but it's also going to be such an educational conversation at the same time. So we have Nicoletta Heidegger. How are you? Hi, I'm so well. Really glad to be here with you guys. Amazing. Spicy because we're talking about sex. 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 Mm. Which All is, things. which believe it or not, you guys Sorry, have listened segs, to this. S-E-G-G-S, sex. Right. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Segs. Especially on social. <laughs> you know, it's you so funny, plague. Nicoletta. I, uh. I've been obviously following a lot of SEGS uh, <laughs> content lately on Instagram, and I'm not going to lie, I thought SEGS was like a position or oh code for something. I did not realize that it was sex, and I did not realize that you had to call it SEGS because you couldn't write sex in right. the in the. In the uh, so you're like, flagged. hey, Britt, do you want to try this new segs thing? I keep saying? <laughs> yeah, you uh, you hard boil some eggs and uh, we get weird. Yeah. I, I actually it. have a sensitivity egg, so that would be unfortunate for oh, Brittany, but I'm into it. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly into it. Nicoletta, uh, we just did a, a terrible job of uh, promoting you because we said your name. Um, <laughs> it's my fault. No, no, it was, no, it was we'll definitely, it. it's, it's almost always us. Um, Nicoletta, can you do <laughs> us a huge, huge favor and just let everybody in our community know who you are, what you do, what you're all about, because we're super excited, but nobody knows why we're super excited. So I want our yeah. community to know exactly who you are. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist based out of California. Um, I specialize in sex therapy, meaning I talk to people about things they're struggling with in their sex life. And um, also identify, I guess, as a sexologist, which just means I, I study sex uh, for a living and uh, have pursued higher education in that. And I host a podcast called Sluts and Scholars, uh, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. Um, so yeah, mostly my whole life is about sex, relationships, and mental health. That's great. Never a boring day. That's a win <laughs> for me. Everyone thinks that I like sex is my favorite subject, and it's it not, but it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I just love, I love deep diving deep into this idea that sex isn't a three-stage process it's not it's not um not baseball mm. yeah it's it's not foreplay penetration orgasm there's deeper meaning there's deeper connection there's a lot intended eh, there's a lot yeah that's good that's good uh there's a lot to it and and most people don't think there's a lot to it and because they don't believe that there's a lot to it they don't look any deeper into it than those three stages that we just talked about. So I do enjoy talking about this. I also enjoy sex too. So that's not a bad thing. You don't say. Yeah. Before we get started, can we do our little, we haven't done this in a while, actually. I love you and you're annoying. So you are in a relationship. Can you give us a little tea on what bothers you about your partner? Yes. I've been in a partnership for about eight years and, um, oh gosh, what a list. What annoys me. <laughs> love you, babe. Um, let's see right now. You know, actually, for our whole relationship, he just loves the dad jokes. Mm. And um, I know it. What is wrong with you guys? Like, it's just every time and he repeats them. You know, I'd be OK if they were like new and fresh, mm. I suppose, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, love a daddy. But, uh, you know, just <laughs> it's not new and fresh. And so, you know, every time I say something about um, are you listening or um, something about an owl, he always goes, who? <laughs> God. I love it. Do you talk about owls often? Is that like a normal Apparently, conversation? I don't know. It's just like ooh, anytime ooh. he can, yeah, anytime he can say something like that or um, every time we sit down for a meal and I say, oh, I'm so hungry. Hi, I'm Joe. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi, hungry. I'm Joe. And I'm just like, I cannot with this anymore. Um, that's the like, you know, t topical annoying thing I would say. Yeah. Um, the more like meaningful, annoying thing is just, it's just hard to maintain doing work on the relationship. You know, mm -hmm. I'm in this field and I teach people how to do this stuff all the time. And so, um, it's hard to follow through sometimes with each other on things that we've agreed to with one another. And so I wouldn't say that's annoying, but it's just like deeper normalizing relationship frustration of like, you said you weren't going to do this thing again, or you said mm -hmm. you were going to do this thing. And you know, why aren't you? And, but it usually ends up being a good conversation of like what's getting in the way, but yeah, there's after, after eight years together, there's a lot of little, uh, I love you, but you're annoying moments. I would say. That's such great honesty because we often are put in that space as well. Like it's goes back to, it's easier to preach instead of practice, right? Like we are constantly talking to people like yourself and improving relationships and conversations and parenting. Um, but because we do that for work and because it's so present in our work lives at the end of the day, sometimes we are so exhausted. Yes. Right. And like, we know that it has to happen, especially if we have like an underlying argument or something like we know we have to have a conversation about it, but sometimes we're like, I just don't want to right now. I don't have the mental bandwidth to like go at it and like figure this out yet. So I really appreciate that. That was, that was last night. Bernie literally, yeah. 
last night we had a we'd set up what we were going to talk about yeah, last I was like, night. Wanna. And Bernie said to me, "Is it okay if we just don't talk about this tonight?" Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it's like. Okay, no problem, because I know we're going to address it. I mm-hmm. know we're going to have it. We both collectively understand that it's annoying both of us, but it's not that big of a deal. So we get to talk about it when we get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to this dad joke thing. <laughs> He's so offended. <laughs> because I'll, I'll connect you to my partner and you guys can have a little support group. Or he something. sounds like a phenomenal man. Um, <laughs> he is a phenomenal he, man. <laughs> he really does. And I, I just, I want to defend it and I'm going to defend it because... Here's here's why we do it, and here's what happened. It's like I, we have two kids, and whenever one of our kids tells a joke and everybody laughs, for the next two weeks, that joke just gets repeated over and over and over again because we validated their humor, and they want to make us laugh. Mm-hmm. When we're young and cool and suave and the relationship is new, we tell a dad joke, and you laugh. And for the remaining balance of our lives, we just go back to the well to get validation that you are still into us. But now that we're older and our bodies hurt a little bit and we're not as good looking and we're not as charming and you know, you know all of the annoyances that we have, it just adds to it. But originally, originally you probably laughed at one of those jokes. But I think the difference is like, Nicoletta, your husband sounds like he saves your dad jokes for you. Where like I actually die when Ryan does his dad jokes because he'll save them for like our like the drive through line. And like he'll be talking and ordering and he'll make this dad joke and it doesn't land. And it's just like crickets and fucking silence. And I'm crying because this person now thinks Ryan is such a weirdo. So I actually really do enjoy it because I just apparently enjoy seeing him in embarrassing situations. Yeah. But. Yeah. Not laughing with at, you know, oh, correct. So, There's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, I'm not laughing at all. I'm I'm like I'm you looking need a at therapy this therapy session. Oh you got yeah. a therapist right here. Hundred percent. I'm looking at this 18 year old being like, issues. I swear, if I was 18, you would have laughed at this. But now yeah. I'm now I'm almost 40, and you lame. think I'm creepy. And I, how did I become creepy? I know. Okay. I swear it's fun. I'm hearing this is a, it's like an existential crisis a yeah. little bit around around um, like who am I and what is what is funny and and who listens and accepts me. So I'll try to be a little more compassionate next time yeah. he makes it. But you know, maybe you guys could share some of your jokes so it could at least feel oh a little God. fresh. You know, I like a, lo- a little newness. Ryan will just send you a quick PDF a dissertation. He's already prepared. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is? It's not even it, and here's the problem with a dad joke. And this is you you don't go back to the well. You create it in a dance. So when someone offers up the opportunity and you connect what they're saying to an opportunity to say something funny, you just throw it in. And it used to work. It used to be so charming. People used to be like, oh, that guy's really cute. And that's really funny. And now they're like, that guy's a pick me. Ew. Ew. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sir, let's, let's move here's on from your daddy. French vanilla. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So I feel like this is going to get like not heavy, but it's a, I feel like it's a conversation that I don't know if we should start with, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, so you are also, you're a marriage and, um, uh, family therapist, family therapist, right? So, and you also do a lot of work in the sexual wellness situations with couples. So, because you do those both of those things, I feel like you have a broad topic spectrum. Like you're going from over here to like over here, and over here, I'm looking at kinks. I I watched a couple of your reels, and I really wanted to talk about this because I feel like 
is there like a general consensus where if a couple comes to you and they're like, listen, I'm really into this. Do you have like a general rule you would say to say, if you want to introduce a kink to the bedroom, right? Cause it's a very, usually it's a very t- like, um, what's scary. Word? Yeah. Vulnerable. Scary Taboo. for sure. Vulnerable for sure. Vulnerable. Oh, wrong with all of those. <laughs> <laughs> a vulnerable topic for your, not only the partner who is sharing the kink, but the other one who is receiving that this information is new. Do you have a general rule for lack of a better word that you would give to this couple to say, this is how I would suggest you would introduce X into the relationship. Yeah. I mean, I, I often like to tell people to like, when I do interviews and things to like blame me, um, cause I do mm. a lot of like articles and things on different topics. So if you can find an article, a podcast or something and be like, Oh, I came across this thing. Mm-hmm. They were talking about this. What do you think of that? Um, you know, I, I mean, I obviously prefer the direct approach, but this is because I feel comfortable talking about that stuff. And a lot of people don't feel comfortable. And so if you're struggling to like start that comfort thing, the good news is there's a lot of apps like Coupley, like other other ones like that, that sometimes will prompt questions around Mm -hmm. like things that you're interested in. Um, There's other more like sex uh, directive ones or ones that have like sexuality card decks or things like that, um, or that offer these kind of what we call yes, no, maybe lists to be able to if you're feeling struggling to, you know, directly say it to, to do this app and then be like, Oh, well the app asked us, you know, right, uh, right. so it, it can help prompt you. Um, so if you're feeling a little nervous, I would say that's one way. Um, the second way, if you're willing to be a little more direct, bold, brave, because if you are, you might actually get what you want, which is really cool, um, is to try to get to sort of the root of what it is about that, that you like, mm-hmm. not in like a shamey, like, why am I into this kind of way? But like, you know, what, what is it about that? Because it's easier than I think for the person you're sharing it with to connect to that sort of like root human desire that they may share. They might not be into the specific thing, mm-hmm. but they may share that, that common desire. Um, and then I'm a big fan of the, the shit sandwich technique, which is like the nice thing, the difficult thing, the nice thing. Mm-hmm. And so framing it around like, Hey, I love you so much. I feel so connected with you because I feel so connected with you. I feel like I can say this scary thing. Can you help me? Because I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. and you know, you say the thing, um, I'm kind of into this. I'm worried what you're going to say about it, but you know, um, you've been so supportive of me in this, this, and this setting. Like I trust that, um, that we can find a way to talk about this. Mm. Um, so yeah, saying the nice thing, saying the hard thing, saying the nice thing, if all else fails, blame me, find a movie, article, podcast, something to just kind of slip it in there and be like, oh, what do you think about that? And kind of gauge how they respond to see how safe is it currently? Um, yeah, or get to the, the root the root desire. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. 
What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit good vibes with an S juice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with good vibes juice. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um, okay. I stink too. Don't worry. Everyone actually stinks and it's normal to have body odor just in case you needed a reminder. Okay. Thank you for that. But the best part is you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Stay fresh, everyone. (laughs) Go ahead. For couples, it's such a... I love that we're having this conversation for this reason. Sex is sex outside of the bedroom, outside of missionary and potentially a couple of other positions. Anything outside of that is often deemed, which is what I was saying earlier, is often deemed as taboo. I had a beautiful conversation with a group of individuals a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about taboo topics, a kink, swinging, threesomes, you know, uh, BDSM and At one point in time, I just stopped the conversation and said, obviously, everybody in this room is very vanilla when it comes to sex. And we're in this big old echo chamber. Taboo is only taboo because we're saying it's taboo. But anyone who lives these lives and everyone who does these things, that's not taboo to them. But we I feel like as a society, we have this idea that anything outside of what we just described, sex in a bedroom is taboo. And I feel like a lot of couples, and I'm going to even lean into this and maybe you can validate this for me. I believe a lot of women are terrified of having this conversation with their husbands because A, they'll get rejected. B, their husband will be emasculated or something along those lines. I think the biggest thing is, is that the one person who wants to go into this is deathly afraid that they'll be rejected or deathly afraid that they will offend their partner because what's happening right now isn't good. What would you suggest, because you just answered the question that Brittany had, what would you suggest if, let's say, for instance, Brittany wanted to get into a little bit more of a kinkier scenario with me, and I didn't want to? What would you suggest? Yeah, like how do we go from there? if your partner didn't receive your kink well, how would you direct them? Because yeah. some people are going to take that leap of faith, and it's not going to work out the way that they mm-hmm. want. Even if they did yeah. all of the things that you suggested, and their, their partner's like, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think that person, I mean, first I just want to like normalize how often that happens. Yeah. Right. And I, and I want to like 
I want to put some onus and like responsibility on the person who's receiving that of like inner work that they can do. But I also like, it's a societal struggle, right? Like nobody, most of us haven't had any comprehensive sex ed if we had any at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody taught us how to communicate in relationships for the most part. A lot of this, we just sort of like MacGyver, right? And tried to figure it out on our own. Mm -hmm. And so I do want to normalize that. Like I, I get that um, that can be a tall order because a lot of us haven't had that permission. Um, and I would say for the person asking, I really want to invite them to see like, how important is this thing to them? Right. And, and is it of the level of importance where they feel like they really need to take the next step to do something about it? Like, is it a deal breaker, make or break thing that is so key to them? And not just maybe the desire, but the ability to like talk about this and mm-hmm. have they expressed how important it is to talk about this? And I'm biased because I'm a sex therapist and, and coach and educator. So, like, you know, if you're really struggling, go to a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. go to a coach, go to somebody. And, and I guess it doesn't necessarily even have to be about that specific topic, but just like, you know, I I really want to improve our communication, uh, things like that. Like I would say it does help to frame it, you know, first ask yourself, how did I, how did I inquire about this thing? I do find that a lot of people, when they ask for something new, um, they don't always say it in the nicest way. Um, and so not to just totally blame yourself, but just, you know, reflect a little bit like, "Hmm, how did I ask this? Um, and then maybe also ask your partner in a different time and setting, like, Hey, how would you prefer that? I let you know when, um, something's going really well, like, how Mm -hmm. do you like to be praised, so to speak? And then, Oh, how do you, you know, sometimes like, you're most of the time amazing. And sometimes like when I want things to shift a little bit, how do you prefer that I let you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really key conversation to maybe have first or at a later time. So you can actually figure out like, what way does my partner learn and how do they like to take in new information? Because you may be thinking you're speaking this request in a really lovely, nice way, but they might not be able to to hear it. So this happened to me in college. And it was one of the reasons why I kind of solidified getting into this field. I remember I was hooking up with a a new partner for early times and, um, he was doing something, you know, something to my genitals that I wanted done differently. And I was like, Hey, can you, can you do it this way? And he stops and he goes, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) It's like, "Mm -hmm, okay. Um, and so in the moment it was a little tough. Um, But later when we weren't horizontal, I revisited it and I, I just expressed how important it was. I was like, you know, that really hurt me when this happened. I really value, want to share a common value of being in a relationship where my partner cares about my well-being and my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Is this a value that you share? Um, I also want to know what would make things better for you. Um, This is really important to me. Is there a way we could talk about this and collaborate on this together? Mm -hmm. Um, If your partner continues to not, Um, I think you really need to decide like, what are your values? Are you sharing a a key value with this person? And, and if not, are they willing to work on it? For me, I would say if I, if I keep hitting that and it keeps not happening, like over an extended period of time and they're not willing to do some work on it, that personally would be a deal breaker for me because I want to share a common value that somebody cares about, like our, our shared pleasure. Um, And that's, that's such a delicate line I would find because you are what if everything else is great right right on both sides too because say you share this this fantasy or this kink with your partner and say your partner is extremely uncomfortable with it and 
say your partner is like, you know what? I love you so much enough to meet you in the middle here, or we can try this. And it makes me really uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. those are such confronting conversations as it is that sometimes it might just be a deal breaker for both. And that's okay. Like it's not really a morality question where who is right and who's wrong. This is what this person's into. They've willing, they're willing to meet you here, but that's where their boundary is. And that's where it stops. And I think that needs to be okay. Like that's okay. And I don't want like no period to like, no is a complete sentence. If someone's right. really like, this is a no for me. Um, but I always like to invite, you know, if you have a strong reaction to something at the gate, I really, at least the people I work with, I really invite people to get curious about that mm-hmm. and not in a way to try to convince them. Like if you just try hard enough, you'll like this thing. <laughs> um, but like to get Anal. curious on yeah, what, what it, what it is just so, for example, in my partnership, you were going to say that <laughs> we can talk about anal specifically um, if you want, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let, let's say, let's say it's that maybe. Right. Um, and let's say that I'm asking my partner, like, hey, I'd really like to do this. And they have all these preconceived notions about it or maybe past experiences where it was uncomfortable. It didn't feel good. It hurt, you know, whatever. Um, And it didn't go well or they've seen, you know, they grew up thinking, oh, if somebody likes this, they're a slut and that's bad. You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, If we can explore how they shaped this desire, it can be really helpful because a lot of times, a lot of times it's just like a a miscommunication and understanding about what it is um, or a preconceived narrative about that thing that someone could do some work on. Mm-hmm. I also, one of my favorite things to tell people to do is to figure out what their erotic blueprint is. Have you, have you heard of this quiz no, before? No, but that sounds intriguing. Yeah, definitely check it out. It was made by an educator named Miss Jaya. Um, you can do it, I think, for free online or she has like a, a more in-depth paid one. But it's basically kind of like love languages, but for sex and eroticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't necessarily have to fit into one box, but it kind of helps people figure out like, what is my sexual erotic language? Because a lot of times there are more overlaps than people think, but they're speaking a different language. Right. And like the core desire to connect is maybe the same, but the way of getting there is different and it's okay to have different blueprints or different desires or whatever, but is there a willingness to talk about it? Is there a willingness to learn your partner's blueprint language? Is there a willingness to try it on? Is there a willingness to receive the thing even when you know it's not your partner's main Mm -hmm. desire? Um, But yeah, getting clear on like how important that desire is, is first step, but there's a lot of other layers to actually break down the difference. See, this is what I was talking about earlier. The fact that you just talked about, <clears throat> we talk about love languages and, you know, we've obviously we're partnered up with Coupley and, and Coupley really leans into love languages, but the idea that there is a sexual blueprint, these are conversations that people aren't aware of. There's just sex, mm-hmm. but there, there yeah. is another layer to it. There are things that you like that other people don't like. There is a way of, of getting to where you want to get to. That's uniquely different than everybody else. Like friends used to do the seven, six, four, seven, 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 right? <laughs> I, I don't know episode. if you remember that episode. Drinking game? No, no, and friends, like, Monica is like, like seven, seven. Like there's like erotic oh. spots. You know, the erotic yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The erotic totally. spots. So good. And I remember you talking because we we were we listened to your uh, episode with Tim from Copley where you were talking about nipple pleasure and and pleasure points on the body. And everybody, male and female, have pleasure points on their body to help them get to wherever it is that they need to get to. But going back to the conversation that you had about deal breakers and, you know, if someone can't get to where you want to get to, 
I think it's wildly important for people to realize, and I know this is something that you really lean into, is how important sex is as a as an expression. How important sex is and fulfillment is and pleasure is in becoming whole, perfect, and a complete version of yourself. Can we have a quick conversation about, you know, pleasure as a way of expression? Because to some people, they say, well, everything's going great and sex is the only thing that's not going great. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think, unfortunately, because of the lack of what we're taught about sex and pleasure, a lot of us don't give ourselves permission to have that be a key value when we're looking for a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And additionally, even if we are, a lot of that is sort of masked by like new relationship energy and excitement. Mm -hmm. Right. We we think that there's a sexual compatibility because it's new. It's exciting. Um, they can almost do anything and, and it feels exciting, um, which then stops people, I think, sometimes from having the conversations about the actual values around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have permission, maybe. And some people even don't do this, but to talk about, like, are you wanting to start a family? Do you want children? Do you want marriage? Do you want to be monogamous? Right. Like, ideally, people are talking about some of these key values, but most people haven't given themselves permission for pleasure and mm-hmm. and sexuality to be a key value um and so they miss it and they fall in love with all these other things and then they're like why isn't the sex working um or they've stopped putting effort into working on it because they think it's you know should continue to be spontaneous um but sexual health is health and and i i really believe that pleasure is a human right and there's so much research out there that shows how crucial pleasure is for our survival. You know, most of us are taught, oh, it's something you maybe get to do if you finish all your work. Um, But it's really the key to burnout. It's the key to uh, neuroplasticity, meaning changing the way our brain thinks. Um, It's really the key to so many things. And we don't prioritize it as that because capitalism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think um, kind of along the lines of this conversation, you talk about like a new relationship and and that excitement and that spark may overtake something that you would probably take more serious if you were in a longer relationship and you would dive into that a little bit deeper. So in that train of thought. If you are together with someone for a really long time, right? Say 13 years. Yeah. Is that how about long us. you've been together? Yeah. 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 Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, no, if your anniversary was January 11, 2001. Yeah. If your names are Rittany and Guyan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. 2011. I guess. Yeah. If you, um, this is, I'm very clear, this is not about us. I'm just I'm trying joking. to picture if somebody's in a relationship for a really long time and they introduce something um, in to their partner that they would like to try in the bedroom, for an example, um, like BDSM or, or maybe some dominance in the bedroom, you would think, and I'm trying to put myself in this situation because you've been together with this person for so long, right? But you're saying, hey, I want to try this in the bedroom. Yeah. How would you separate your feelings outside of the bedroom? Say you're into dominance. So you're saying, hey, I really wanted to be dominated in the bedroom. Uh, And then you literally wake up the next day and you're like, can you help me make kids lunches? Like you're almost two separate characters. How do Mm -hmm. you guide people to say there is no shame over here? You're still allowed to be this person over here and you can still be respected by your partner, even if in the bedroom it would seem otherwise. Does that make sense? Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. 
Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. Totally. I mean, look, I really believe that we all contain multitudes. And, you know, when I work with clients, I do a lot of like what's called internal family systems, which is an approach where you're like acknowledging that each person has like a choir of people inside of them. And you try Mm. to figure out how to help them find kind of balance and relationship with all those parts. Um, That being said, I do, um, I myself engage in some non-monogamy practices and additionally, a lot of my clients do or are looking to do that as well. And so I do want to name that, you know, usually no one person can be our everything, right? right? Like if you were looking at an Indeed job posting and it listed mother, lover, parent, family, friend, mm-hmm. uh, best sex I've ever had, um, best listen, you know, like all of these things, like who could do that mm-hmm. job? You know, like uh, that would be yeah, he, he could do that, but Thank nobody you. else. Dad jokes you. over um, here. Really got it. Yeah. Um, and so I think some of it is also figuring out like, okay, what are the things I'm willing to accept? Like, am I accepting that this one person can't be my everything? Um, do I want to be monogamous? Cause some people, when they acknowledge that they're like, and I'm okay meeting other people to serve these other needs. Right. Um, but for folks who are monogamous, I would say, it is embracing that we have multitudes and it's finding little tiny rituals. And when I say rituals, I just mean um, a behavior with an intention. It doesn't have to be anything big, but little rituals to sort of code switch into that. So for example, like, right, you guys host the podcast, but you're also parents. Mm -hmm. You're probably still the same person, but how do you sort of shift into doing a podcast versus shifting into like parenting or picking up your kids at school, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, you tell me, but like for a podcast, right? You're sitting there, you've got a whole setup, right? You have maybe a, a producer there, you wear a certain outfit, like you sit at this table, you have your drink, you've got your stuff, like you do something to kind of change the setting right. of who am I right now? Right. Um, my old supervisor used to call it multiple personality order. <laughs> instead yeah, of disorder. I love that. Yeah. So like if you were doing kink stuff and you only want that to be in the bedroom, because some people want it 24 seven. Right. Um, if you only want it in the bedroom, what is a little intentional behavior, aka ritual that you can do to shift in and out of that? Right. Mm. Is it a certain outfit that you wear? Is it a type of music? Mm. Is it a scent of a candle? Maybe you have, if you are able, you have a separate room for that, or you change the sheets that are like, these are the kinky sheets, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're move stained. A muscle. Yeah, exactly. They're stained. Well, there's some good, <laughs> there's some good sex blankets out there. Invest in one. Um, but you know, uh, this one's waterproof. take the time to, to <laughs> do that. Yeah. Waterproof too. Take the time to do this little shift, um, move a muscle, change a thought like this, this is, um, can be really impactful. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just the same as you would do it in any other part of your life. Like how do you 
sometimes we struggle with it, but how do you turn off work, right? Like when I get home, I usually put on a onesie and like, or take a bath, <laughs> like something to shift out of the day. Right. That That's, is such great advice. It sounds so simple. It is. But and it's I have, so brilliant. we've been doing this for four years. We've talked to sex therapists many a times, and we have recently been talking to a lot of sex therapists outside of these conversations and no one's ever framed it Hold that on. way for work for work. Yeah. <laughs> And no one's ever framed it that way. But you know, you know what? I want to name that. Like, isn't it funny? You automatically had to say, oh, for work. We don't need a sex therapist. Totally. Like, totally. Everyone should have one. I mean, I'm biased, but everyone should have one because we all take driving lessons to learn how yeah. to drive a car. Like who taught us how to drive a vagina? Like, yeah. no, you know, so true. So nothing, no shame in doing yeah. it. Like do it preventatively, do it proactively. Yeah. Like you deserve to have the tools to learn how to do it. I, I totally agree. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say you're right. I totally did jump on there to try to like clarify that it was for work because yeah. there was this like weird taboo of shame around it. But also I think just because so many of our family and friends listen to this, that I just feel some things are sacred. Yeah. So like yeah, it, there is no you. shame, but Not also like that's our, that's our shtick. Not too much. Yes. But you know what? It, and that's, you're absolutely right. You, you do, you do jump to it. You know, we talked about it. We talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I had gotten Botox for the first time as I'm about mm -hmm. to be 40 and, and Jake laughed. And my first reaction was to defend myself. And it's funny. You just, you defend yourself because you think that there's something wrong when you're not going to a therapist isn't to fix something wrong. It's to make things more efficient. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about what you'd said earlier, because again, this is something that I never really thought about. We can't find a partner that does all of the things that we need them to do. I'm terrible at dishes. I'm terrible at laundry. These are things that we can. And I'm, <laughs> I'm about to go somewhere. Great, I was about to great go somewhere. at dad jokes, though. Yeah, so good. But it's true. But we talked about this. We had a we had a guest on uh, Haley Patry, and she said, if you're not good at something, you can bring somebody else in to do the things that you're not good at so that you're, you as a couple don't need to fight about it. And I'm, and I'm going, I know I'm going down this path, but it is what it is. Maybe, and there are some people here that are exploring that. Maybe your partner, when it comes to the bedroom, isn't that person for you. Maybe there is bringing somebody into the bedroom to facilitate that or to assist in that. Or maybe you can have a conversation about maybe there's somebody outside of this relationship that can fulfill those needs. And I'm not suggesting you pay for it, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's something that you can talk about and you should be able to talk about because if everything on going back to what we were saying earlier, if everything is checked off of the list of this person's perfect for me and in the bedroom, it's not fulfilling and we've talked about it and it hasn't changed. Well, maybe you don't just say, screw the relationship. This is a deal breaker. Maybe there is another opportunity to discover something else and it could look like someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to say that like, you know, it, it's not, I totally lost my train of thought. It'll come back <laughs> on to the next thing. <laughs> well, you were, you were talking about, you know, um, being in non-monogamous relationships when you're in a committed relationship. Oh, oh thank you. I do remember. Um, a lot of us too, when we make a request, I think in this culture, we're so used to like instant gratification. Mm. And I get that it sucks to feel like we're not feeling heard, right? Like I've had this with my partner where I've like told him that I want to be touched a certain way or not touched a certain way. And in the moment he like does it the old way. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've told you this. But like, look, to become quote unquote expert at anything, what is it? 10,000 hours or something mm -hmm. like that. So a lot of us do struggle 
to give our partner some grace in the learning curve. Um, mm-hmm. Or again, we don't ask like, how do you learn, right? If I'm just telling someone how to do something, but they need to see a video or they need to see it visually, they may never get it. Right. Um, but whether it's the dishes or a sex position, um, if we ask, there is a desire and a hope that someone can instantly change it. But a lot of times we do need to give our partners some love and compassion and grace of like, they've been doing things this other way for so long. Um, are we willing to be patient and supportive with them on their, on their learning curve? Um, mm-hmm. So we can get what we want, but we might not get it right away. Right. Yeah. I heard, I watched, um, I watched a TV show a couple of days ago and the wife or the girlfriend wanted to be choked a little during uh-huh. sex. What were you and watching? It was that TV show called Dave. He was, wants to be the rapper. Anyways, it's on That it's TV on show Disney called, Plus. called Pornhub. It was so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a, it's such a good show. Actually, so ex, many episodes. It was actually so xvideos.com with it's an totally SDN. Yeah. Um, but anyways, she, her, her whole idea is they were having sex and she was talking to her friend and she was saying, yeah, the sex isn't bad, but I just kind of want this. And the girl's like, well then ask for it. And she asked for it. And, and his response was like, ah, uh, that's, that doesn't work for me. And then sure enough, yet later in the episode, he tries it and she loved it and he hated it. Mm. He hated it. He pretended to orgasm. She went to bed. He woke up, went to the bathroom and started jerking off. And then she came in. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I got to be honest with you. That was the worst fucking thing I've ever done in my life. I hate it. Blah, 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 blah. And it was like this massive, massive disconnect. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, to your point, if Brittany all of a sudden after 13 years said, Ryan, I want to be choked a little. I want to be dominated a little bit. That's not how we've been doing it for 13 years. Full disclosure. Yeah. So for me, it's not that I would be against it, but it's not how we've done it. So I couldn't just jump in and be freaking what's his name? Fifty Shades of Grey. I also think mm-hmm. you attach some like, well, we haven't been doing it that way. So has it not been good enough the past 13 years? Like you attach mm-hmm. a morality around that, which is, yeah. I think, hard to overcome. And and that's something I have to challenge with my clients, right? Because we we all desire some desires stay the same but like if we're with someone for a long time we're going to be in like 10 different relationships with that Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. at different points right like you guys could probably you know talk about that with like before kids after kids you know like starting a business together like things shift and and we change and we're dynamic people and so um yes I get that the initial ego response is that so a lot of the work I do is just like busting myths with people and like re-educating people that um Sure, maybe sometimes it means that this the sex hasn't been what the person wanted and they've now finally gotten the courage to bring it up. It was probably harder for them to bring it up than it was for you to hear it, to, mm-hmm. to be honest. For sure. Um, and trying to have that that compassion, that that empathy. But like I said, I, I do think you can test the waters a little bit with a partner before you like go from zero to like, we never talk about anything to being like, you need to start choking me in the bedroom, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. you have the starter conversations of like, Hey, how are you feeling about our relationship in general? Like, um, Hey, I heard on this podcast, um, you know, that I was just listening to the laughing couple that it's good for couples to have like monthly relationship Mm check-ins where they talk about like, what's going well, what's something we need a little more of. And, and, you know, they do it when we're, when they're on a walk, can we start doing that? Right. So you can you can start planting seeds before of just like, hey, what are our values? How are we feeling about things? What stuff has changed just to start setting the groundwork, but also the foundation for normalizing this open communication. Um, So it doesn't go from like, we've never talked about this to please choke me. Mm -hmm. Um, There can be some steps in between. Mm -hmm. Not saying you can't do that also, but, you know. (laughs) 
for me, and this is the conversation that Brittany and I have been having lately. I I've now, I've now come to realize that I can't be everything and anything for Brittany. And so in particular, one of the things that we want to work on in 2024 is our intimacy, is our connection outside of being parents, outside of being co-business owners, outside of just being the couple that we are. And for me, my path towards this was just simply asking Brittany or giving Brittany the space to explore her desires by saying, hey, what is it that you are into that we don't do? Or what is it that you fantasize about? Or what is it you think about when you are by yourself and a sexual thought comes into play? Just to allow the space for Brittany to feel comfortable saying something to me, she might say nothing Mm -hmm. and that's cool. But to know that that we we've provided a space where she can say that is starting to open up conversations that we have never had in the 13 years that we've been together. And it's not to say that for 13 years, she's been thinking about this to your point, we've been together for 13 years. This might be a new thought for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I want to be able to do and create in our relationship, and I hope the same is for you is how beautiful would it be if we could be in a relationship with our partner where they feel free to express desire in a way that isn't morality based in a way that isn't make wrong in a way that's just like, I don't even know what I'm thinking about this, but it just, I want to see what that looks like. And we can have conversations about it and maybe not explore it to the point where we actually fulfill on those fantasies, but just talk about them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're doing this year. Um, So I guess what I was going to say is, is that say sound advice (laughs) as a sex therapist Would that, is that something that you say is yeah, lean into that. I mean, yes, I obviously I I love the the open communication and the dialogue. And like you were asking questions about a lot of people are afraid of that. A lot of people don't have the language to do that yet. You know, there maybe needs to be some some learning, practicing, figuring out what you like first and, and practicing getting those words even in your mouth of like, how do I say mm-hmm. this? Finding some resources to help you like, yeah, that, on paper, that's that's awesome. And if you're there, great. Um, and if you need some help to get there, it's understandable because you probably weren't taught yeah. how to do it. Um, and it's, you know, this, you're going to make mistakes, right? You're going to say things quote unquote wrong. Your partner's going to have a reaction. Like maybe, maybe they'll have an initial reaction and then you get to revisit it and then it goes, well, like what happened with my partner when they were like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just to bust the myth, like, sure. If someone's bringing up something that they don't like to me, I take it as a huge compliment that they feel safe enough with me to tell them what they need. Right. Um, and like, what a, what an honor to, to be given that like trust and that discretion, um, to have somebody share with me what they want. And so, you know, we do a lot of exercise with people practicing, like receiving feedback, but again, that's why it's important to ask your partner, Hey, how would you prefer that I let you know when I need more of something? Because I love you so much and I always want you to feel that I appreciate you. And sometimes there's things I need a little more of. Right. Um, can you um, let everybody know who's listening where they can find you on socials and then also mention um, the event that is coming up for you? That's very exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. So again, like I was saying, you don't have to do this by yourself. You know, there's podcasts, there's books, there's uh, resources, there's movies, there's coaches. Um, 
And so one of the resources that I'm putting out right now is uh, with my podcast, I'm teaming up with three other uh, sexologists and we've got a live show coming up in Los Angeles on February 10th, but you can also stream it um, online, a recorded version. Um, you can check out more information at uh, my Instagram, Sluts and Scholars, um, or on adlive.eventbrite.com. Uh, you can also find me at Sluts and Scholars or at Therapy with Nicoletta. Um, I do therapy with folks in California and coaching and education all around the world. That's amazing. Thank That's you. incredible. Thank you so much. That's this incredible. has been such a yeah, and healthy conversation. Yeah, thanks for normalizing this and talking about this. And I mean, here's where it starts, right? Like if you love this podcast and you've been listening to The Laughing Couple and you want to start this conversation with your partner, maybe just turn mm -hmm. this episode on together and be like... Such a good way to start a conversation. I love yeah. that we have to normalize something that's normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it happens. It's crazy, but not for long. Not for <laughs> long. Nicoletta, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your guidance. Um, I have so many golden nuggets from this podcast that I can guarantee the two of us are going to talk about after this podcast is over. Mm -hmm. um, if you're listening to this, to this episode, I hope you got something to take to your partner and to take Nicoletta's advice. If you don't know what to say, just let them listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. This That's is amazing. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself.